love. <laughs> it's been a minute since I had last such a hyphen podcast. Has it? Yes, it actually has. It's been a while. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. How are you? I can't complain. I try not to. <laughs> look, I have a look lot to dash. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What do you want? I worry. <laughs> I may be misrepresented on the camera. No, I don't think so. I don't know how it looks, Mitten. You're my husband after all. It's, yeah, it's, but it's, it's, it's good, isn't it? It's there's all such right. a thing as street credibility. Huh? And why do you need any street cred? You're a married man. <laughs> yeah, so the street credibility is from fellow men. Okay, that's, that's a hmm. very interesting perspective. So a guy has street cred. How are you? I can't complain, really. I have a million reasons to, yeah. but I choose not to. Because, you have you know, a million reasons to complain. Okay, a million is hyperbole. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have quite a number of things on my mind that are, yeah. Yeah, that have been troubling me. Um, not for this podcast, though. But I, I, choose, I choose to be thankful. Yeah. I choose to see the good in every situation because I think one of the things that I've been reminded of more recently is that all things, yeah. all, not some of the things, but yeah. all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord yeah. and are called according to his purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So even when I have quite a lot on my mind, things that, I'm, that weigh heavy on my heart, yeah. I still give thanks because I know that even in that moment, yeah. he's working. He's working behind the scenes to make it work out for our good. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Today is Valentine's. It is. I think. <laughs> it should be the 14th. Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. I see that. It's actually the 14th. What are your thoughts on Valentine's? Well, it really depends. For me, it's... Um, it brings back very interesting memories. Okay. Uh, going back to 2019, I think. Yeah. Um, I remember we had just met. I think we met in January. Yeah. We just met in January. And then in February, a few days to Valentine's Day, I was hosted on Power FM, the Blue Cat Chair, I remember vividly. And I was talking about so many things, my life, my work, um, my faith. And everything in between. And I remember that one of the things I think I talked about was the fact that I love white chocolate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint, since it's <laughs> Valentine's Day. I love white chocolate and I love burnt orange tiger lilies. Yeah. And Valentine's was a few days away. So a day away. It was a day away. I think it was Valentine's Eve. And it was, I think it was actually a Monday, if I'm not even mistaken. Okay, I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> Yes, and I remember being at the office, and you know when, you, when you're in the office and it's Valentine's Day and everyone's so excited, and somehow you're wondering, hmm, I wonder who's going to send me anything this Valentine's Day. I know it sounds very strange, but yeah. girls will always be girls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can imagine my surprise when a bouquet of tiger lilies showed up with a little note, and the note just said, just in time. <laughs> it was it was the highlight yeah. of of my day of my year. It was the thoughtfulness. Of course, they were from you, just for the benefit of people <laughs> watching us. They were from you, and it meant the world 
to me, especially because we had just met. We were just I just been to your office like a few weeks. Yeah, to your office to come and meet you for the first time, because well, you're a fan who wanted to meet me, and yeah. yeah so the thoughtfulness was something. So you said something interesting that the flowers were worth. Is this a million bucks? A mi- There's something said, but it's like such a big deal. What's the big yes. deal about flowers? So the flowers are not the issue. Okay, for me, obviously, tiger lilies are a big deal for yeah. me because I think I've always been that person who I find moments when I engage with certain aspects of nature yeah. and I feel like they talk to me. Okay. It's weird. And in different moments, they say different things. It's not necessarily the, the thing that's speaking to me, but I feel like God yeah. saying something to me through. So tiger lilies for me represent some special thing. Yeah. But to answer your question more directly, it wasn't the flowers per se. Yeah. It was the fact that you had listened to me on radio. I didn't even know you were listening to me on radio. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I knew I listened to me already, I would have, I would have said more things. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God. I, I didn't know you were listening to me. So the fact that you listened to me on radio, I was on radio during the working hours. Obviously, yeah. you were at work. So you had listened and you had surprised me. Yeah. The thoughtfulness, going the extra mile yeah. and doing something for someone you had just met was a big deal. So it wasn't even the value. Value is not about the cost of a thing. And that's something I try to tell people. It's the thoughtfulness, the fact that someone went out of their way Mm. to delight you, no matter how small a matter it is, no matter how, no matter what the cost is, for me, that's a big deal. I actually cried. Okay, I cry a lot. (laughs) I actually cried. And the note, those three words just in time yeah i was blown away and people wouldn't understand but i was really really blown away and it was the beginning of a beautiful journey interestingly yeah. is the word uh, that i had in my mind Which delight one? i remember there's a time i was used to reflect on uh, customer service customer care in this country and uh, quite often i go to institutions and I see how customers are treated, much more so government institutions. Mm-hmm. And I feel they don't pay attention to the making people feel uh, delight, to delight the customer. Like the customer right? matters. Yes. And when I learned the word delight, right, the spirit of delighting is uh, you don't just put a smile on someone's face. You're like, it's in their heart. Like you want to blow them out blow them out in gratitude because they are delighted. And uh, I remember it was in that season, I think we meet. So I was conscious of delight, right? And uh, it's that knowledge about the things that matter, what would delight a customer. So in that case, in a way, you're a customer. (laughs) I hope I wasn't a guinea pig. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember so vividly because I didn't have a radio. So mm-hmm. you tell me on radio, I'm like, hmm, where do I start with the radio? So I was in the office, I used to work until 9 p.m. So I found a website that streamed Parafilm. I I listened in. I took notes of tiger lilies. That's like whichever that is. Burnt orange tiger lilies. Yes, I took note of them, white chocolate. Um, 
and yeah, and then the next morning, I think the next morning was Valentine's. And uh, I called up a friend of mine, a cousin, brother of mine. Is it a cousin of my nephew? And used to work with Risadia florists. I was like, he must know about flowers. I told him I'm looking for tiger lilies. And tells me, ah, there's this guy, call this guy. So I call a gentleman, I tell him I need tiger lilies. I think they had them in white at the time. Yes. And uh, he said, no, I can deliver. Like, what message should I put there? Uh, as a poet can be. I, I don't want to get all lovey-dovey and watch your, your beautiful... Street uh, your street cred. No, 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 no. <laughs> don't say so many things. Yeah. So what I opted to do is to just say, um, just in time, right? Uh, the idea, because we used to, we, you spoke about it, I think, when we just met... Yes, that so much, we, you came into my life just in time. Just in time. Because yeah. I was in a very strange place. Yeah. So I didn't even put a met. name. I just say, she says just in time, she'll know what is up. Yeah. And uh, when, when I when hear what you're saying, it's quite powerful, is uh, that you recognized what wasn't seen. Right? That listening into the radio... Mm-hmm. and figuring out how to get flowers there, right? That was unseen. And yet it's part of the part that delighted you. So I think there's an insight there for men that may want to pick a leaf. Yes. And I think it's not... I think one of the things that I've always heard people say is that Sometimes women are complicated. And I know women are different from men. But sometimes women are complicated. Sometimes they ask for too much. They expect too much. But my experience has been that if, and it goes both ways, that if we just make a little effort to understand our personal person and plug into who they are, it doesn't take a lot. But it, it also speaks to, and I was speaking to someone recently, we did, we, my, my siblings and I, yeah. did something delightful for someone who was joining our family. And, and they were quite, and it didn't cost a lot, yeah. but it was the thought. But they were very, very grateful and they were really, really happy. And I remember saying to her that we live in a time and space where a lot of people do not really appreciate the little things. Mm. They don't appreciate the little things. They don't appreciate the fact that someone went out of their way to do something nice. They don't appreciate the fact that someone made a sacrifice no matter how small. And sadly, a lot of our lives, even the way we relate with God, (laughs) are actually like that. We go to God in a place, we go to God with this attitude of, Lord, I need this, Mm. I'm stuck, or I have these big dreams and things are not working out. And we forget that there's so much he has done for us and that he's doing for us behind the scenes that may not amount to this. And we we live in a very materialistic world. And it does not amount to, I live in this very beautiful home, I'm driving this car, I have this kind of money, I have this kind of job. But you're alive. There is someone right now who is struggling for their life, you know. But just because my life is not the way I'd like it to be, or it hasn't turned out the way I'd like it to be, then I start grumbling. But if we could just cultivate 
the habit of being thankful yeah. for the little things, then we get given a lot more. And speaking of being given a lot more, I, I, I recognize the fact that, I don't know if you if you saw how joyful I was when I got the, the flowers. How would I see? The guy delivered okay, them. Okay, not see, but like we spoke. We spoke okay. after that. And you must have been wondering, duh, they're just flowers. No, but actually I wasn't wondering. The goal was delight. Delight, okay. Yeah. Then, that, that, then that makes sense. But that set in course a whole culture or yeah. practice of you delighting me in very many li- little and some not so little ways, <laughs> some not so little ways. And I think, I think, but you can tell me, I think it's because I actually appreciated what you had done mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. But also just to take a step back, before you did that for me, I remember when I came to see you the first time we met, yeah. Because there's a whole backstory to it. You'd gone to this place of work, new place of work. Yeah. You'd met uh, Rachel. Yeah. Rachel used to work with me in TV. You're like, ah, you must know Sean. I'd mm-hmm. like to meet Sean. And I think you had posted on Facebook how many yeah. years ago? Like 2018. 2018 20 is when you had posted yeah. that you'd like to meet. You'd like to meet with me because you were like a fan. Number one. Number one fan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, number one fan. Yes, and I remember when Rachel said to me, so there's this guy I work with, he's your fan, he'd like to meet you. Rachel spoke to me in 2018, in December, I think. Yeah, yeah. Before November. No, before November, yes. And I honestly, it's in retrospect that I figured out why I asked. So I asked Mm -hmm. when's his birthday, and your birthday happened to be November. What are the chances that was nearby? Exactly. I think it was actually divinely orchestrated. So I tell Rachel, I'm very busy because I was really, really busy. I'm very busy. But when I have time, I would like to come and see him. Now, ordinarily, I should have said, let's meet somewhere for coffee. Mm. Now, I wasn't even thinking, it wasn't even premeditated. Mm. But I thought to myself, I am going to go to this person, which is quite interesting. But the more interesting part is I had never met you. Yeah. I just knew you were a software engineer. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so maybe I can get him a customized gift that will speak to his, you know, <laughs> his geekiness, the, the geek in him. You're not really a geek, the geek yeah. in him. So I went, ordered for a, a gift, had it custom made, bought a card, signed in it, and I kept these things in my chubby in the office yeah. from October. I kept them in my office, and I only came to see you in January because yeah. that's yeah. when I got a breather. Yeah. But the reason why I'm, why I'm reflecting on this story is that I had never met you. You're yeah. a fan. You were a fan. There were like so many fans that had come like through my life in terms of, you know, like reaching out and stuff. But I'd never been deliberate about meet- meeting any of them. Mm. I'd never been deliberate about gifting any of them. But that moment I felt buy a gift, buy him a birthday gift, keep it. And when the time is right, you will go. Yeah. And that's when I came to see you. In January. So there's a bit of thoughtfulness there, although I think for me it was really divinely orchestrated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't me like really just being thoughtful. And then I bought a gift. I never came empty-handed. Yeah. And there's so, there's so many mm-hmm. principles mm-hmm. in here. I never came to see you empty-handed. Mm-hmm. I came bearing a gift. I could have said, I'm Rukshana. Yeah. You know, yeah. why doesn't he come and see me at my office? Yeah. But I didn't. Mm-hmm. And I know it wasn't me. Looking back now with how things progressed yeah. i know it wasn't me yeah and and i think uh you raise a valid point and i think that uh 
that best mirrors who you are right and i think uh our part of connection is uh you being in the limelight and at the same time being grounded right it's that grounding where um you connected to the ground because sometimes the problem was you're too connected <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> don't, okay, yeah, we'll go there at some point. Sounds I was too connected right. to the ground, too down to earth. <laughs> no, but but it's remarkable, yeah. right? And I think uh, it's that spirit that allows you to see someone for the first time and then go empty-handed, right? Uh, it's pride can easily tell someone, "I'm the gift. My presence Ooh. is a gift." in itself right but for one not to think of themselves as a gift and try to get a gift for a stranger and uh there's a, a mystery to that as well that when Rachel was calling you she was uh connecting you to your husband yes and whatever you felt a leading to do was a leading to do for your husband Now you can see how pride can take you out of course of so a divine true. orchestration. You bought a gift for your husband because you felt a leading. Now this is where it becomes interesting about hearing the voice of God and why it's quite critical for our characters to be aligned. Uh you can feel that leading, that internal voice telling you to do something. But if there is a layer of pride surrounding you you will reason it out on the basis of selfish selfishness right say ka batam rukshana why should i carry a gift yeah right? the option is but why the guy is going to think you're trying too hard who buys a gift for someone they've never met like who does that <laughs> but yeah. it was a fun you didn't even know what to expect exactly i just seen how i looked no so i didn't imagine nothing. i didn't even google you and i normally google people yeah <laughs> I didn't even google. Thank God you didn't. You know, met Uganda Zukuba. <laughs> And yeah, I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, he is so young." <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um so is is quite powerful, right? When you look at it in hindsight, Steve Jobs yeah. once said that dots are is connect backwards. Because you look backwards, it wasn't just a fan. It was your husband. And the steps you took what is are going to make you or break you can you imagine that the power was in your hands this is profound because it reminds me of the story of ruth okay so i'm um, i'm guessing i mean not not i'm guessing ruth's husband died when she was quite young yeah they just got in married her husband dies her brother in law dies her father in law had died so here she was with her mother in law no. naomi and her sister in law and she had a choice she had a choice to stay in the land that they had moved to yeah. or to go with her mother in law yeah. to go back with her mother in law to to the land of her kinsmen and I'm guessing I'm thinking modern day Ruth she probably didn't think too much yeah. I don't know if she thought too much about what to do that the easier thing to have done would have been what her sister-in-law yeah. did what was her sister-in-law's name I don't remember you see we don't even remember her name yeah. um 
the easier thing to do would have been what her sister-in-law did to go back was to go back and start a new life yeah. you know because the mother-in-law had literally given them her blessing yeah. go back you're young start a new life her yeah. sister-in-law went back and ruth because of the character of ruth she figured i cannot leave naomi this woman is widowed yeah. she has lost her husband she has lost her sons now she's also going to lose her daughters in law i will not leave her yeah. i will go back with her and that's the famous where you go i will go your people will be my people scripture comes from so she went ruth understood love selflessness mm. ruth loved naomi mm. so much she said i i am going to sacrifice mm. my own life because she had her entire life ahead of her yeah. just to go back with her mother in law yeah. in that moment ruth had no idea that in going back with naomi she would be connected to boaz yeah. if she had not gone back with naomi yeah. she would never have met boaz yeah. but also if she had not been the kind of person who when her mother in law told her go to the fields yeah. and find this field and yeah. harvest and glean and there's this guy just be by his side the whole story if she had not held her mother in law in a certain regard yeah. and followed diligently and obediently she would never have met boaz if she had not been a woman of integrity mm-hmm. and done exactly as she had been told when her mother-in-law told her because i think she went back and told her mother-in-law i met this da 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 she like oh that's actually my kinsman yeah. and her mother-in-law gave her counsel when you go into the chambers or whatever it is lay by his side and blah 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 and done exactly that yeah the story would be totally different she would not even been the lineage of yeah. jesus and yet here we see and there's something profound uh, that came to me as you're talking that naomi was her mother in law i don't know if you've had stories about women and their mm-hmm. mothers in law yes i have now that tells you the nature of woman ruth was she was willing there are some people who are only relating to their mothers in law because they are married but ruth uh had lost her connection to the mother in law exactly and yet she was still determined now one may say that perhaps it's because of who naomi was but if it was because of who naomi was then both women would have stayed so it had nothing to do with naomi yes. it had a lot to, to do, do with, with ruth. ruth because two people were given the same choice and one took the other and now and ruth remained ruth took the less trodden path thank you but it speaks about how she regarded her mother in law and and this goes back to the to idea of uh, you'd never know the road to your destiny and it's why humility is a critical component to the road to destiny it's the place of honor now many people may deal with mothers and laws and they don't know that they are mothers they, they the in law confuses them by forget this is my mother in law 
And that takes me to an interesting component of mm. in-law. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, I've come to realize that <laughs> the spirit world has a parallel to the law in the sense that uh, there, when the Bible says give and shall be given back unto you, that is like a law. It's stipulated. When this happens, this happens. Right? And effect. So a mother-in-law in that measure has become a mother. So in-law speaks to how they take the position. What it is that brings them into the position yes. of motherhood. Yes. It is the law. It's the law. But now they are mother. So when the Bible says, honor your father and mother, the mother-in-law and the father-in-law are not are exempt. F- they're your father and yes. mother, technically. Yes. The in-law led them there. Wow. Now, I won't get started in two-step mother, stepfather. I won't tell you about how the stepping led the man, <laughs> mother there or how the oh, stepping wow. led the father there. But the key part of honor is seeing the position they hold. Regardless of how they got there. Yes. Either through birth, yes. through law, yes. through stepping. Yes. My... My daughter, I became her father by what? By marriage. By marriage. Yes. Uh, I was trying to see, was, am I even a stepdad? I don't think no, I'm a stepdad. No, you're a dad. <laughs> I'm sure right? if you called you stepdad, she'd give me a side <laughs> eye. <laughs> she'd give me a side you eye because she'd never think And that when way. I relate with her, I don't relate with her on the basis of what road led her to the place of my daughter. When I relate with her, is my daughter. There's a road that brings her. But when she's arrived, she arrives as daughter. There's a road that brought me. When I arrived, I arrived as father. Can I interrupt? Just, just don't lose your school Please. of your, your thought in that moment. I remember something very distinct before we got married. Yeah. I think at the point when we're moving towards that journey yeah. of getting married. I think it's after you had actually proposed. Now, you'll recall she used to refer to you as Mr. Felix. Yeah. <laughs> So one day I come home and we're talking and I'm talking and, and I refer to you as Mr. Felix. Yeah. And she says, she looks at me like with this weird look. Yeah. She says, but mommy, why do you call him Mr. Felix? Yeah. Of course, I, I would call you Mr. Felix when I was speaking to her. Yeah. And I said, what should I call him? She said, but I call him daddy. Yeah. Why are you still calling him Mr. Felix? Yeah. And I was taken aback. I yeah. was like, okay. Yeah. So she's already moved steps ahead of me and she in her mind you already had dad she's not going to wait for a ceremony to make you her dad it had already been settled in her spirit that this is my father so she was wondering why her mother was referring to her father as mr felix and it 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 really challenged me i I had to go back and check where i was at yeah and (laughs) and and that actually points out a remarkable thing about our daughter is uh I've seen adults struggle with people that didn't f- biologically bring them to this world mm. and struggling with uh, giving them that position. When you... The, the ma- mankind and, and man, man deals with things that are hard to comprehend. For one to look at their stepfather as a father, for most people, it is uh, a burden so huge, 
a price so high. But when you look at inward and say, where is the struggle coming from? Where is the struggle coming from? And I think there in our daughter exemplified um, high levels of maturity. Yeah. Because, of course, somewhere we had 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 conversations on different things. But her embrace of it and uh, not leaving any doubts of dimension. But, of course, it, it takes two to tango. Also, the deliberateness of myself as a father to not make an allowance otherwise. And I think uh, our initial struggles were between ourselves with uh, you having a sense of my daughter yes. as opposed to our, our daughter. daughter. And these are the dynamics of uh, many marriages that's, that come off that begin perhaps with children in the picture and uh, that reconciliation of uh, the new parent coming in and taking the position of uh, a father or mother without any reservations. Uh, the, the other parent accepting these new parents, giving them charge over the child right? Mm. It is a, also the child being able to yield and accord them the position, right? And uh, I think that's one of the blessings of God that's been evidenced in our marriage is having that dynamic. I cannot claim uh, to say it was all tactful and everything. There's wisdom, there's deliberateness, but then you can see the grace of God of uh, and also something fascinating is what God did. I remember prior to us getting married, uh, God gave her, she had a vision of uh, uh, a man of God. Yes. Do you remember him? Yes, I remember. <clears throat> How can I forget? <laughs> um, I remember she had, she had a dream. She, she told me one morning, Mommy, I had a dream. And uh, we'd gone to the market. No, that's another one. So when a man of God with keys. Keys? Yes. Came in the house. No, not so there were, there were, there were subsequent dreams. So the first yeah. dream she had yeah. had to do with a man of God. Yeah. So we'd gone to the market. Her and I had gone to the market to buy tomatoes. That's yeah. how distinct this dream was when she told it to me. That we'd gone to the market to buy tomatoes. And then we met this man. Yeah. He was a man of God. Yeah. And he said he wanted to marry me. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. He said he wanted to marry me, and I said no. Yeah. Like I didn't even blink. I said no. So I asked her, "Why did I say no?" So that was me sort of probing to see yeah. if there was anything more in the dream, because in that season of my life, I had actually been deliberate about praying over yeah. marriage. Because it's not something I had ever done before. Yeah. I thought God had more bigger problems to deal with, yeah. like wild hunger. Like me, Rukshada praying for her husband really was not that significant. But that particular year, I'd been praying. I'd yeah. set myself apart. I'd, I was really trying to get on course yeah. Yeah, for that. So when she came to me and said I had this dream, and yeah, so I asked her, so why did I say no? And she said, 
You said no because he didn't get down on his knee to ask you for your hand in marriage. Mm. And I was taken aback. The reason why I was taken aback, even though in that moment I didn't understand the full extent of the dream, but when I shared it with with someone that I was working with spiritually, they pointed me to the direction of pride. And the moment they said it, there was a witness in my spirit Mm. that was actually pride. So in that season, I started praying about pride <laughs> in my life. Yeah. And then, then she had another, like, then a couple of, I think it was about a month went by and I'd been praying and fasting and just telling God that whatever is not of you in me, yeah. just deal with it because I am incapable of, I am incapable of making myself righteous, obviously walking right before you. And sometimes, and there, there are certain things in our lives that are hidden. Yeah. So I'd been praying to God that whatever is in me that is not of you, can you get rid of it? Just just help me and get yeah. rid of it. So I think it was about after a month, show me when I had another dream. And she says, oh, let me let me double back. So and she, I asked her, so why did you think? She said, mommy, you shouldn't have said no yeah. to the man. And I said, why shouldn't I have said no to the man? She said, because he was a man of God. Mm-hmm. That's actually what she told me. So... Fast forward, she has another dream. I think it was about after a month. She's like, mommy, I had another dream. I'm like, uh-huh. So in this one, like, now this, this chick had had dreams. Eh? Yeah. So she says, we were at home, and this man came, and he knocked at the door. Mm. And he had, he knocked at the door, and he said he wanted to marry you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, we're not back at this marriage conversation. Yeah. Okay, I know I've been praying for marriage, but God, no. <laughs> Either this kid is making up these dreams yeah. <laughs> or you're really, really trying to tell me something and you are using what is available. Yeah. Because clearly I have a feeling God had tried to speak to me in many other ways yeah. and he just wasn't going, getting through. So she says, and he comes through and he has rings. He had yeah. multiple rings. And he actually asked you to pick the ring that you wanted. Mm. and you picked you actually said yes and you picked the ring and i'm thinking really i said yes to a stranger at our door you can even in that moment you can imagine my spiritual awareness was like at this level (laughs) i I couldn't get it i really couldn't get it but thank god for his grace so she says yes and and he he asked you to pick a ring and you picked a ring and he had this dress and he's and he gave you a dress and the dress had so many flowers and the flowers were bright and I was there thinking, so he expected me to wear a bright flower dress. <laughs> I don't know if that was me. <laughs> and, and she said, but this time you didn't say no. And I was like, okay, we're making progress spiritually in the spiritual realm. And I, re- I recognized in that, in that season that a lot of things happen in the spiritual realm mm. before they get manifest yeah. in the physical yeah. space. Yeah. So the dream that she had had before, yeah. honestly, wasn't far removed yeah. from who I, who I was in that moment. And the person that now accepted a stranger that knocks at their door and proposes marriage, yeah. and yes, he's a man of God, and they say yes without checking anything else, that sort of represented where I was also spiritually. Yeah. I was like, you know what? So be it. I'm not going to fuss over the, the multicolored floral dress that had fruits in it. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of, fruits are symbolic, Yeah. Anyway, let's. But some, something comes to mind, <laughs> yeah. and uh, with the first dream about humility and the guy not kneeling down, um, mm-hmm. it's fascinating because uh, 
At the time we got married, I was living in a house. Wasn't it? I won't communicate myself to seem like I was in such misery. <laughs> <laughs> I was living in an apartment, paying I think a million shillings per yeah. month. But uh, the, my living room was empty. Mm-hmm. There were no curtains. I had two curtains in my bedroom, the bedroom I stayed in, and the other bedroom that was also empty. And uh, I had a mattress on the floor, and uh, I had I had no car. Mm, you had no car. Um, you didn't even have a blanket, love. Yes, I didn't have a blanket. You had bed sheets. Yeah, I had bed sheets. I discovered myself with a lasso. Yes. Very which, thin one. Which I gave you. Which I got from you. <laughs> and uh, the reason I didn't give it away is because it was a gift. I'm glad you kept it. Yes. And uh, uh, at the time, I don't, was I, did I have a cooker? At the, at the time that we got married? I think I had a cooker. Yes, you had, you had gotten a cooker. Okay. You had gotten a, a small fridge. You, yeah. had a, you had the appliances basically to sort of keep you going. Yeah. yeah. So in a way, when that. you think about it and look at that's the state I was in visually, I wasn't broke at the time. I was no longer broke at the time. But nonetheless, there are many people who see visually and they feel red flags and things like that. So it's keen to actually pick your mind. How did you deal with that reality of my environment, the physical reality? I, I didn't have to deal with anything. Mm. And the reason why, I'm going to speak honestly and plainly, I think the reason why I didn't have to deal with that is because I had seen you before. Mm. I had seen you when we met... God bless your cotton socks. When we met, <laughs> you were living in a beautiful apartment yeah. in Chihuahua, as in there was no dust yeah. compared to where <laughs> I was staying. There was no dust. You're living in a beautiful apartment. Yes, you had semi-furnished it, but it was a beautiful three-bedroom apartment. Yeah. Really fancy. You were driving a Mercedes. Yeah. That's not one of the reasons why I fell for you. <laughs> <laughs> but you were driving a Mercedes. Yeah. Um, you were well put together. Mm. You you had a lot going for you, carnally, yeah. you know, physically, you know, mm. materially. But you also had an amazing heart. Mm. I remember, and I'm going to come back to what I thought. I remember the first time you saw my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite a bit up. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first time you saw my car and uh, you asked me for my keys. You took my car, had it for a week had it pan a bit and sprayed yeah. and you got a chauffeur for me to come and pick me up from home every single day and pick me up from work and drop me off. And we were not even dating. Yeah. So you, you did these things and we were, you, you're a guy I had just met yeah. Yeah. and you did these things. So I'd seen you in that space. Yeah. And I also knew the circumstances under which you ended up on the floor. Mm. It was by choice, mm. a deliberate decision. And that's your story to tell, so I'll let you tell that story. Yeah. <laughs> it was a choice that you had made yeah. to give away everything you had and owned yeah. to just stay on the floor yeah. and wait on God for something bigger and greater. So for me, it wasn't, it wasn't a man sleeping on the floor. It, yeah. you're, you're being on the floor, you're being without a car, 
didn't change who you are yeah. as a person because I had met you. Yeah. Yes, I met you with the material things, but away from the material things, I had met Felix, the man. You are yeah. the person that used to minister to me when we were friends. I think I remember telling you one time when we were parked <laughs> somewhere, I think it was at the Shell, yeah. somewhere in Naria, and I was broken, like totally broken. And I was crying and weeping and you spoke. And I remember telling you after that, that there were times you would speak to me and it wasn't your voice I was hearing. Yeah. It was the voice of God. That's like really strange for some people. <laughs> it was actually God speaking to me and speaking into my situation. So I had met the man mm-hmm. outside of all the things that we surround ourselves, mm-hmm. the things that pass away. Mm-hmm. I had met Felix, the man. Okay. And even then, you are, not, you are not even as, you are not as, you were not as, as spirit as you are now. <laughs> but you ministered yeah. to me in yeah. ways that no one had ever ministered mm. to me. So at the time that you proposed, not having these things, like, Psh, what's up? God says, this is it, this is it. We'll, we'll start from wherever we start from. And, and I'm glad that God had also worked on me yeah. because it wasn't that, that was my, part of it was my natural dispensation, mm. but it was more being grounded in God and focusing on the things that really matter, not the things that pass away, the things that fade away. So I was, I wasn't even thinking strangely. I didn't even think, how are we going to plan a wedding when we have nothing? Yeah. I was like, God, this is it. You got it. But we had money at that time. Yeah, we had because you'd, you'd gotten a job yeah. and that's another story as well yeah. where you prayed for a job and an amazing, <laughs> but God, eh? anyway. yeah, so. so no, it wasn't difficult for yeah. me at all. It wasn't difficult at all. And, and I think uh, that, is a, that is a critical definition of our relationship is uh, I think the ability to connect to a level uh, that's much deeper in the sense so I can be quite an anomaly because I love excellence. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there are some time I, I like to walk in humility. Yeah. It is a, it is a, a paradox. Eh? It's a paradox of <laughs> sorts, right? Yeah. And uh, it is seeing this man, remember, our, our choice, our decisions on the wedding best embody this. The saying that uh, the wedding would be at Serena because I couldn't think of an excellent place. A more excellent place. Yeah. And at the same time, the decision to not be extravagant. You get? Yes, we went to Serena, but we knew not to be extravagant. Yeah. We decided that everything in our wedding is going, we're going to be humble. We weren't trying to put on a show for the world but we wanted to give the best experience we could for our guests and not what the world was to see but what the guests who came were to experience and I think that has the unique balance and uh, there are not many women I don't know how many women have I known not that many <laughs> <laughs> but I feel it's quite distinct a character about you is 
having the exposure but yet having the humility right because the exposure that allows you to comprehend excellence by humility is what allows you to not make the lack of excellence be a stumbling block right because the one of the principles they believe in which is our value at home is continuous, continuous learning, learning. Yeah. right is saying the goal is excellence but willing be willing to start somewhere right so yeah but the question that god has here asked you what are your thoughts on valentines <laughs> and there's even part where you ask me for my own thoughts as well what are your thoughts <laughs> <laughs> i know you probably have very interesting thoughts i thought you were going to ask how can i know <laughs> <laughs> so i uh I'm a non-conformist in a way. Don't say. Yes, <laughs> I uh I'm always reminded about the goat races in Munyonyo. I've never been to any. I felt they were too bougie for my I've been to one or two. For my sentiments. It was because of work. <laughs> I was working for a brand that was sponsoring. I would never have gone to a goat race. <laughs> yes, and uh I remember watching them I think it was a short time at the time. And I was seeing this goat race. The goat race is quite hilarious because the goats are not really racing. They just the goats are pushed. They have to keep <laughs> moving forward. <laughs> not out of their own accord. They would prefer to stay in one place and eat grass. But the guy behind them leading them forward hence the goat race. And uh I feel there's a way sometimes society can lead us in races like goats. Mm-hmm. Right? where someone says today's the 14th of february uh now you love <laughs> or demonstrate your love yes demonstrate your love yeah and uh i i, I was disturbed with that i always try to avoid the boxes right the That's... idea of understand love beyond just someone telling you to love mm. you get mm. and where for me I think it goes back to even when our journey started. I sent you flowers on Valentines. And uh I've always loved excellence for the most part. Sometimes I loved excellence I didn't have the means to display it. And I remember thinking to myself, if I send you flowers on Valentines, how am I different from any other chap who's buying flowers this Valentines? That's true. And I had the light bulb moment. What if you send flowers every week? And I I I like solving problems. So it was exciting a challenge. Beyond how much of delight I also took delight <laughs> in being able to solve create such a beautiful work of art. You know? Right? Mm-hmm. And uh I remember calling a guy, the flag guy and putting him on retainer, telling him every week go to our office. with new flowers like and replace the old ones. It was there on Monday like clockwork by midday. And I'd my tiger lilies would arrive. <laughs> <laughs> and they just sent me a bill of flowers. And I remember the true test came when we separated. Right? We had separated and I'd build this tradition of sending you flowers every week. <laughs> Now I thought what happens if now we separate I cut out my flowers then everyone who was celebrating you with the flowers would suddenly see the flowers are no more 
so they will know what's happened in your life. Quick interjection. Yeah. Someone actually in my workplace made a comment. It was an offhanded comment and it was a, jo- a light joke and said, okay, of course they recognized that there was a new interest in my life. Yeah. Then they said, if we stop seeing the flowers, then we'll know you've broken up. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, you were right on the money. <laughs> yes. And, uh, and that's also one of the reasons why uh, there's a Kadonkam artist. Is it Kaziwe Kapo? I forget the name. And I think he did a song where he talks about uh, how people say, Lengere yali akulembede, mame yali akulembede okude mavega. And sort of this thing that uh, when a person gets in a certain position and then you find maybe a family functions, they do not start until this person shows up, mm. right? And then suddenly events of life change and now they feel awkward, right? Mm. And that is in line with the teaching of Christ where he says, when you go to a party, don't sit at the sit front, at the front. go to the back. Because you may sit at the front and someone of higher stature Nobility than you. Yes. Comes and they have to Put, ask you to kindly just yes. step away and leave the seat yes. for this person. And you Ouch. feel fake. Right? <sighs> but rather you it's go bad. at the back and the host says, no, 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 no. Please come to the front. Shana, come to the front, right? And uh, I remember feeling the same way in that dilemma of the flowers. It's like if I pull them off, how will she feel and how will the perception be around her? And I made a decision to continue sending flowers after we had separated. And, and, and that, that wasn't lost on me. Oh, really? It wasn't lost on me. And, and interestingly, I think there's a, a universe in yeah. which I would have thought that while we have separated, yeah. he's still sending me flowers because there's still an interest there. Uh-huh. There's a universe in which I would have thought that. But in the universe in which I exist, I recognize that he is, okay, in that moment I was thinking, he's too much of a gentleman mm. to pull the plug on the flowers. Mm. So he's going to keep the flowers coming because that's... that's yeah, you know how people do like the craziest of things. They break up and all of a sudden they're asking back for their things and stuff. It's really weird. It's not... Yeah. Yeah. It's uh yeah, so it was quite it was quite something. And then my moment came. Which one? When you complained about mango. Oh yeah. And connect them to the flowers, like thank God for a clean <laughs> exit. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I was enjoying these flowers months yeah. and month and month and month and month. And then I started getting migraines again. Because yeah. I used to get migraines quite a lot. So, of course, I went to see the doctor. So, I was like, what's changed in your environment? Mm. So, it's tried to eliminate. And one of the things that used to trigger the migraines was scents, very strong scents. Mm. Now, tiger lilies have a very, very strong scent, which is one of the things that made them really, really beautiful for the the office where I used to sit, the entire floor. You'd literally smell them before you actually entered the floor. And there was such a delight for the people that used to work with me. Some of my colleagues would even, if I wasn't in the office, they would volunteer and switch the water. I'd Ah. show them how to trim them at an angle so that they last longer and then change the water. Sometimes we'd add color, like powdered color, so that the white roses would, white uh, lilies would turn another color. So they, they were quite something. They were conversation starter. Other than the fact that every time I would see them, they would speak to me. And I remember mm. I, used to, I used to write a lot. 
about what I was hearing in that moment. And I remember thinking to myself for a moment, that's some legit game, right? As in your game? That the woman is writing about your flowers. <laughs> I they just imagine always... every other chap in the circle. Just man. <laughs> they were always speaking to me. I was always getting insights like spiritual insights like a problem and a onto Facebook and type and then put my own flowers there. It was so beautiful. And then I started getting migraines. <laughs> so when I figured the tiger lilies were the issue, yeah. I was like, okay, so they got to go. And how I even discovered it was the tiger lilies is because they used to bring them so frequently and they last quite long if yeah. you take yeah. good care of them. And the florist had trained me on how to take care of them. Yeah. So sometimes he would actually deliver on Monday and I still have a fresh, fresh bunch. Mm. So I would carry them home. So I always had tiger lilies at home. Yeah. And in the office. Mm. So the moment I moved them home, then I noticed I was also getting migraines. Mm. So one day I decided, let me take them out of the living room and put them outside on the balcony and see what happens. And there were no migraines. Mm. That's when I figured this is the trigger. There's something interesting also. Uh Because in the beginning, you aren't complaining for migraines like that. I don't no, know. I wasn't getting migraines then. Yeah. I started getting the migraines after we broke up. Perhaps it was the grace of God helping me engineer an exit for me. Because to cut ties. It's not very spiritual. No, no, no. I'm trying to connect a spiritual life. <laughs> me, I'm, me, I'm seeing that you are trying to cut ties. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but apart from me, I remember around that time, I left my job. Mm. And uh, I was trying to downsize. Okay. Think about this course. I imagine if the flowers, uh, so I had maintained them for how you'd feel and your social credibility. Yes. But at the same time, now I'm leaving my job and they were quite a big expense on they a monthly were. level. And it's a dilemma. But also, that's why it's quite fascinating about life. A principle of land uh, to not be quick to decide. And we struggled with this because yeah. every once in a while you come to me and want me to decide in a quickly, moment. Quickly, 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 yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, 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 no. Let it. And I've told you something that you found very uh, disturbing on occasions. I told you I'm willing to lose as uh, I figure out the right way. I am not afraid of loss as a way you get. Some Just to pe- buy yourself time yeah. as you figure out. Yeah, so some right people, they are so concerned with the loss that they decide to make a decision immediately, right? But I've learned to be able to entertain the loss as I make up my mind, right? So it is that allowing room for the right decision to come to you. You get? Because look at that clean exit, and it was orchestrated from you. People around you knew about your migraines and so on. It must be the flowers. So when the flowers stop coming, it makes clearly. sense. It's the flowers. It's not like, like you broke up with the guy, the guy behind the flowers. <laughs> so brings us to another day of Valentine's and uh, there are no tiger lilies. How does it make you feel? Because I may be a logical chap saying, sweetheart, we shouldn't be like gods in a race. But uh, you talked about the sentiments. Women tend to be taken out by this thoughtfulness and acts and stuff. How does that make you feel? Honest answer. Mm. I'm I'm at a place in my life where 
I feel like I have a lot. I got a lot more than I bargained for. Oh. Yes. I, I got a lot more than I bargained for. When I look back at the last so many months, one year and a couple of months of our lives. Yeah. And then I think about one, one day, yeah. really. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Uh, my, I am where I am today by God's grace, but also because you have diligently, patiently, diligently even should come after, yeah. patiently chosen to take your place. And you have made it your life's mission to get the best out of me. Not just get the best out of me, but actually to, to help me become the person that you saw before we ever met. And I couldn't ask for anything more. It's, it's been blood, sweat, tears, fights, ish, moments of yanking hair. But I have no doubt you, you have loved me in, in ways that I cannot even describe, that I could never have imagined. That if I had had, if I'd been given the option to choose, yeah. I would never have chosen this path. Because this path hasn't really been an easy path. Yeah for lack of a better word. Yes, we've had our amazing moments, but the most, and I think I said this in our first podcast, the most valuable moments for me and in my life and in my growth and the ones that have also demonstrated your commitment and your love for me have been the most difficult ones mm. because you take no prisoners. <laughs> mm. You know, that's how committed you are to seeing me become who I really am. But also that's how committed you are to truth. And there's no comfort there. <laughs> there's, there's no comfort there. We always, like you said, the dots connect backwards. Yeah. I always see it in hindsight. In that moment, when we're having a fight, when we're dealing with an issue, it's very uncomfortable. But when that moment passes, I'm like, now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. The stretching. And I think it goes back to when you think about life and those moments when we're in the valley, there's so much value in the valley. Those are the moments, sadly, where we think God has left yeah. or God has forsaken us or God has forgotten us. But it's in those moments that God is actually working. If we could just learn to be still and recognize what's happening in those moments, then we will see what's going on. So I decided, even though... I don't want to be in so Valentine's. Okay, you have a surprise for me? <laughs> I'll, uh, oh, uh, not the freshest of roses, <laughs> but it was oh an improv. Oh my improv. goodness, Felix. It was an improv. Don't show the camera. It doesn't look the, no, the but fanciest. Incidentally, yeah. it has very interesting petals. Oh. The petals of a rose don't typically look like this. Ah. They don't have that many thingies like a daisy. You understand? Okay, okay. It's okay. beautiful. It's perfect. It's perfect. Thank you. <laughs> so I celebrate a bit of love and really. Hey, dude, never, 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 never to miss a moment, eh? To upstage 
upstage people. Delight. Oh, thank you. I honestly wasn't, ex- I, I would never have guessed that you'd even, pray. now where did you, now where did you even get a rose from? Where did you get a rose from in this area of ours? Seriously. So, so I stepped outside, we were going to shoot. I was like, hmm, there are roses here. So I coordinated oh. with a man behind the cameras, like, you know, you'll figure That's out. That's why way. he was moving all over the place. Where has he gone? We're supposed to be shooting. Kumbe, I was about to ask him if he has a problem with his, with his and, tummy. And I thank you for his uprightness <laughs> oh. to, to see the signal and pass it along. Oh, under my the table goodness. This is thoughtful. Create a magical sweetheart. moment. This is so thoughtful. <laughs> thank you. You're welcome. But I'm not going to revenge. I, I, I don't think in the moment I am, like you've said before, me, I am a planner. I will plan months ahead. I will procure. I shall keep. <laughs> I, I, I think um, yeah. there's someone who taught me the power of uh, improv. And, uh, and I think as a man, there's a time I remember... Uh, I was actually practicing to be quick-witted. Mm. Yes. That I, I realized that people who could make decisions rather quickly, and I decided to practice that and to nurture that ability. So it's something you just grew and cultivated? Yes. Like uh, growing up, I was uh, a geek. I was a guy on computers. I didn't know how to relate with women. And... Uh, I dedicated myself to acquiring knowledge. I learned how to talk to women. In wow. principles, I have principles I learned in which I operate. The same with our marriage, I had to learn, understand the woman, understand places of conflict and figure out. So, I be, and that's why I don't believe in human limitations. I feel the human being is special from... Uh, many other creatures because he has the ability to learn, right? That anytime, anytime there's something I'm falling short in, the next thing I know I need to read about it, learn about it, whether it's finding people who know something about it, whether it's finding books or finding a video yeah. and go finding the knowledge, right? And uh, that is the state of my life, right? Because, and that's why... If someone gives me an excuse, certain excuses that disturb me, right? Because sometimes yeah. people defend their ignorance, right? Guilty as church. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yeah. people find it easier to explain away their ignorance instead of trying to put in the effort to erase it, right? Ignorance is not a state of mankind. It, ignorance speaks of uh, the absence of knowledge. So it's not a state, so which means first knowledge comes in the picture, ignorance disappears. And, yeah, and things can yes, change. It's not a tumor. Yes, it's not uh, a blemish. It is just something that just holding a space until the rightful thing comes in place. It's a placeholder. Absence of knowledge, ignorance takes a seat. So for one who wants to eliminate ignorance, just go pursue knowledge, Right? And uh, that's how I live my life. And uh, um, I learn about strange things. We were trying to do a podcast. 
educated myself on cameras and sound and things. My head hurt trying to internalize things. What does shutter speed mean? What does aperture? What is ISO? What is this? Right? And uh, that ability of educating myself. And uh, it's one of the strengths I feel I want to inspire in the nation because I'm a university dropout. For people who are accustomed to boxes and definitions of men, I am uh, one of the least qualified people, right? But because I've invested my life not in the pursuit of certifications, but in the pursuit of knowledge. knowledge. And ironically, the people who end up pursuing certifications, they fall short in knowledge, right? So, and uh, to be the way I am, it requires me having entrepreneurial spirit because these systems around us, they're sort of organized. The university certifies people and then the employer asks for the certificate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you jump out of the system, they're going to push you at the bottom of the pyramid. Yeah. That's why you find young people who don't have academic qualifications. They tend to feel a low esteem that pushes them in two low positions of society. Now, I'm a bit of a, uh, I love myself too much, and I feel highly of myself, and uh, that I refuse to be defined by the standard of the world. And I found comfort in Paul where he says, do not be conformed to the standard of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your, your mind. mind. Yeah. So it brought me to the understanding there's a worldly standard, and a man can deliberate to say no, I won't try to fit your box. And this is the challenge we have. When the world does not know your nature, it tells you these are the boxes we expect. Fit in one of those. So you have to those. figure out how to fit in. Yes. And then you find genius getting bottled up in mediocrity. And now they clap for you. How many people with great potential have been pushed and forced into boxes that they've lost their luster. I think it's the right English word. Yes. And uh, that is something that is very dear to me. And I've lived my life. If there's something I need, I'll find the knowledge for it. I don't deal with limitation. If I needed medicine skills today, I'll go find the knowledge and I'll acquire it and get a job done. So I feel, and this is where I challenge, I, I feel sorry for many people. You find someone finished university and they give him a course in a particular area of study. And this person's entire life has been forced into an area of study. And we're living in an evolving world. The world now is talking about artificial intelligence. But the person cannot switch lens because I am certified in this. Now, I have no box. I'm a free man. I'm a liberated man. But it comes with its own struggles. Yes. Because the world systems are not designed for my kind. But I enjoy the liberty of saying, I go where I want to go. If I feel film is interesting, let me explore film. If I feel mm, something about music, let me explore music. Oh, something about business. Let me explore business. Yes. I don't and, know how and, I got and, here. And, and that's one of the things that makes you quite something, eh? Yeah. And I think one of the 
I don't know if it's on your if it's on your nani status on your status. Freedom eludes men because, because it's hidden it's, behind death. I keep saying it's shrouded. A man <laughs> afraid to die cannot <laughs> Not, be free. Cannot be free. Yeah. And I, I find that very profound. Of course, I look at you and I admire you because I'm one of those who's boxed, <laughs> who's been boxed like for a very, very long time. Yeah. And I think by association and yeah. by the anointing trickling a little bit upwards and towards yeah. me, I'm sort of tr- learning to try and get out of these boxes. Yeah. And that said, I find that, for example, when we think about marriage, yeah and the boxes and the world and the definitions. I'll, I feel like, and I've seen this with some marriages that I've experienced, like other people's marriages. We tend to put our relationships and yeah. our marriages in a box and we define mm. them a certain way. And we believe that this is the standard mm. by which we're going to run our marriage mm. or conduct the affairs of our lives. Yeah. And I feel that <clears throat> in doing that, we lose an opportunity of finding that purpose yeah. for which yeah. our marriage was designed yeah. and yeah. pursuing it. Yeah. Because yeah. if we do not, God is not random. That is one of the things that I have come to realize and I remind myself. Yeah. Even in those valley moments, yeah. even in the craziest moments of your lives, the most painful points of your life, God yeah. is not random. Yeah. He's anything but random. So if by God's grace, he has brought two people together, yeah. if it is God who has indeed brought two people together, yeah. and you will know if it is God who has orchestrated it, then there's a reason for it. Yeah. Yeah. There's not just one reason. There is a universal reason mm. for the glory of his name. But each marriage yeah. is unique and special. There's a reason why we are together yeah. and not you with someone else or yeah. me with someone else. Yeah. And that purpose for which God intended for us to be together has to come to fruition. Yeah, yeah. It will not come to fruition if we put ourselves, ourselves in a box. Yeah, yeah. Because we are not. And when I say we, I just don't mean you and I. Yeah. I mean every single marriage out there is unique. Yeah. The only thing that's similar is they went in ch- to church. Yeah. I'll talk about Christian marriages. That's yeah. what I can speak, speak about. They went to church, got wed. They probably chose a different venue and stuff like that. But the purpose is different. Because the same God who knew us while we're yet informed in our mother's wombs and fashioned all the days of our lives knows. He knew that a time such as this, Rukshana would be married to Mwamichitaka for a particular reason. Now, if we conduct our affairs like Tom or like Jane and Janet, then we've lost the plot. Because we will have veered off the path. And that's why it's important to take time, even before we get married, to seek the Lord. And this is something that I only did much later. And I am eternally grateful for the grace of God. I honestly believe that perhaps if I had done this a lot earlier, my life would have turned out different. Mm -hmm. I made some very unexciting choices along my life's path. Certain things that I regret. But still... With God, when he, when he steps in, yeah. all that is water under the bridge. But for us to recognize why are we together? Yeah. Why is any other couple together? What is it that God wants to do in our lives for the glory of his name? How does he want to use this marriage for other people? Yeah. And one of the other things that I've come to appreciate is that 
everything about our lives is not just about us. Yeah. It's about God working in us, through us, yeah. for the benefit of others. Now, if we're not cognizant of that fact, then it becomes very easy for us to put ourselves in boxes. Yeah. Yeah. I could have easily, and I know it was by God's grace and his wisdom and everything because it was orchestrated, I could have easily said, under no, <laughs> I cannot, under God's blue sky, yeah. get married to a man who is 11 years my junior. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Because I know we are going to have a headache. Yeah. We are going, yeah. There is going to be a headache. And you could have, you could have possibly said, uh-uh, yeah. there is no way I'm going to marry a woman who is 11 years my senior. Yeah. Let, alone get, let alone marry Rukshana. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she's going to give me a headache. Well, yeah. I've given you a bit of a headache. <laughs> but, <laughs> but there were so many reasons yeah. that could have kept us apart yeah you know and yet here we are and uh as you're talking what comes to mind about something that exemplifies the the divine usage of people in a way that may transcend uh our carnal comprehensions is uh when the children of Israel were trying to capture a city, I don't know if it was Jericho, another city, and there was a prostitute, Rahab. Mm. And uh, Rahab um, gave shelter to the spies of Israel. And she helped them sneak out. And they were so faithful that of the entire city, the prostitute Rahab was the only one who was saved. And... So these are very humbling things. And this is what brings me to humility, um, to life. That is a temptation to judge things in our perception. But the brilliance and wisdom of God is that ability to make such a move that only makes sense in hindsight. And in that very regard is the necessity of humility. When your steps are ordered with, by God, the ancient of days, the beginning and end, you cannot try to comprehend his moves. I remember a song we sang that said, trust and obey. For oh, there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And the wisdom therein of trust and obedience is saying, I just remember another song, His ways are higher. I think it's a Chimera song. Mm. Higher than heaven and yeah. He sees the future long before the past. He's up to something. Mm, yeah, it's a tremendous yes. song. And I think it is that mind that when you imagine, I've been exposed to to reading some history about how old our, our planet is. And uh, it's hard to imagine 10,000 years in the past and more and God can see you. 
if God could see you 10,000 years and he positions you in a place where your impact is 10,000 years ahead, how can your mortal mind comprehend his wisdom? And I think that's what humbles me. That humbles me. Is uh, and it puts me in a place. Whatever you feel led to do, do it do with it. all your might as unto the Lord. You think about this podcast we are doing, and God, it's not lost on God that this entire podcast could be for just one soul. Yeah. Just one soul. The one out of the 19, yes. out of the 100. Yes. The one, one marriage person. is going to be set on course that may have an impact beyond imagination. And it's the place of knowing that everyone, if you only do what God has asked you to do, has placed you to do. Now, some of us are trying to do things for God. But yet, just do what you've been left to do. So it is um, humbling, humbling. I get lost at how I get to these moments. I don't know what led me. And you lose me along the way. (laughs) (laughs) But I think when we... how this conversation started was you asking me about Valentine's and and I know that for most people it's about love love from their partners or whatever it is and yet when we think about love in the context of God it's, it's, it's one of those things that I can't quite I can't quite define. Yeah. I can't quite put a finger to it. I can't, especially when I think about the love that God has for me. Yeah. I can't speak about other people. I know that it's universal, yeah. but when I reflect at how far God yeah. has brought me, <laughs> when I reflect, uh, when I reflect on the things that I've gone through in life. Yeah. When I reflect on how far he's taking me, I can't help but marvel. But more importantly, when I reflect on the sacrifice that was made, that I would be in this moment speaking about God so passionately, I break down inwardly. And I don't know where this portion of scripture comes from, but it's something that you say a lot. Greater love knows no knows man, no man such, such as this. Such as this that a man laid down his, his life, life for, for his friends. Yes, for his friends. And that's exactly what God did. He gave up his only, only begotten son. He became man, you know, and came down and died. That I, I can't talk about other people, but I hope that they realize it, that I would not perish And there was a distinct time in my life before I came to the knowledge of Christ where I knew that I was going to perish. 
that there was no hope for me. It's not something I can force on anyone, but I, I honestly feel that everyone ought to get to a place where they realize and recognize that that is probably the greatest decision they could ever make in their lives. And it started with love. Everything rises and falls on love. And as you're speaking, I just saw that uh, our flower experience had two stages. There was a stage before the breakup. There was a stage after the breakup. And it seemed to me that the flowers after the breakup were most symbolic of the heart because they are not sustained by expectation. It was a true mirror of love. Yeah. Because there was no reason to continue except for love. And uh, someone uh, yesterday told me, said a word and said, and uh, it took us on a tangent. And I think it's the same way in relationships, in marriage, that love is uh, most expressed in when it's least it's deserved. That's so true. That is so true. And I think that's where I may struggle with traditions of Valentine's. Because, and brings me to an interesting insight. When I look at this rose, they cut off the thorns. Why would they do that? And it is the rose amidst the thorns that truly demonstrates love. A rose without thorns is one thing. A rose amidst the thorns. It is the rose you buy for your loved one when you're feeling heartbroken. When they've offended It is the honor you extend your husband when you feel most hurt. And that is the love of God and not the love of Cupid. <laughs> Call it a podcast. <sighs> yeah. I think... I think we can actually call it a podcast because I'm I'm getting into an emotional space. <laughs> I'm getting into an emotional space. <laughs>